Are you looking to live the abundant life no matter what your income is? You're in the right place. This is the podcast that will teach and inspire you to live better. Whether you want to earn more, save more, or improve your relationship with money or people, it's time for the 90 Days to Abundance podcast, brought to you by SavingsAngel.com. Here's your host, the Chief Executive Angel of SavingsAngel.com, Josh Elledge. And thank you so much, Cece, and welcome to show number 45 of 90 Days to Abundance. I hope you had a great 4th of July time with family, with friends, you lit lots of fireworks and you stayed safe. Well, on today's program, I'm going to be talking with Nick Loper of Side Hustle Nation. And and what is side hustling? Well, if, if you're interested in earning more money, paying off debt, learning new skills, using your time more productively and escaping the rat race, any of those, uh, Nick is uh, an expert at helping people discover great businesses that they can do on the side, helping them take some skills that they may have and turning them into a great part-time business, something that you can do. And we're going to talk about some great tools that anybody can use to help their side business explode. Whatever your goals are, I think you're really going to enjoy this program. We're going to be talking about making money. So with that, let's get going with Nick Loper from SideHustleNation.com. And Nick, thank you so much for joining us on the 90 Days to Abundance program. Josh, thanks for having me. You bet. So can you kind of tell us about your origin story? How did you become the chief side hustler? My origin story, man, it sounds like a superhero origin story. Uh, I guess my I first was bit by the entrepreneurial bug back in college when I signed up for this internship. They called it an internship with uh, this painting outfit where they're like, hey, we're going to teach you how to do painting and you're going to be in charge of you know marketing and sales and management and customer service and all that else. Like, hey, that sounds fantastic. Never mind. They have no idea how to paint a house or do any of this stuff. But you know, you go out and you cold call door to door for three months and you sign up some paint jobs and then you go and produce them during the summer. It's a fantastic wow. experience. The most crazy, stressful and rewarding thing I've ever done. And since then, I guess that kind of like was my first real like taste of like, hey, I don't, this is kind of fun. Like, you know, being, you know, self-reliant or being, you know, somewhat on my own. And so that was kind of the the start of the entrepreneurial journey. And after college, I did what you're supposed to do. I was a good kid and got a corporate job and, but just never, never saw myself being the person to climb the corporate ladder. And I, I didn't necessarily hate work or anything, but it just, it wasn't a great fit for me. And so that's when I started uh, my online business and the side hustles that kind of have uh, developed from that. And so that's kind of how I got started in this in this mm. game. Yeah. Now, going back to your college experience, you were talking about um, being part of this project where you were actually um, selling. So you were paint. You were part of an organization. You were painting houses and you had to then get the business for that. Is that right? Yes. So the so, company sets you up yeah. with, um, you know, the paint store account and the contracts and kind of their estimating methodologies and stuff. But then they kind of set you set you out into the wild and say, yeah. all right, you're going to have to drum up some business. Um, you know, who, who's going to be the best salesman this month? Yeah. Was that uncomfortable for you at first? Absolutely. Man. I am uh, pretty introverted. And, you know, just the, the stress <laughs> of, uh, you know, so I'm driving around my territory. It's like March and it's rainy because it's up in Washington. And 
you know, just nothing is going to happen until I knock on that first door and just like probably sat in the car 15 minutes trying to like psych myself up <laughs> to go ring that first doorbell. And of course, the person says no and stuff, but it gets you, it, it breaks that ice, it breaks the barrier, and then you can move on to the next one and, and go from there. So I've got a question as far as businesses and things that we can do on the side, I, you know, and you think of, and, and I want you to think of your Rolodex of everybody that you've chatted with on your program. What percentage of them do you think end up having to do some sort of sales? Probably almost all of them. It's like, you know, <laughs> it goes back to the old saying, if, if nothing happens until somebody sells something. If you don't have anything to sell, then, you know, there's there's not that much going on. Um, there's some some pretty, obviously there's, there's exceptions to that. And, I, and Pat Flynn comes to mind, right? He's He's sold, you know, he's famously said, I have sold three days, you know, out of my five years of blogging or whatever. Um, but because he's so well liked and whatever, he can just put up these kind of passive affiliate links on his site. And because people love him, they'll go out of their way to click on those. And so it's, it's a very much a soft sell. But, but let's not fool ourselves. Like he's still selling himself, you know, each and every day on the podcast yeah. and on his blog. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess what I'd like to do is dispel the myth or at least kind of address this issue of someone who says, yeah, I, I don't mind earnings. I'd love to earn some money on the side, but I hate selling. What do you tell that person? It's uncomfortable for me, too. And and you guess you have to position it like stop thinking of it as selling and think of it as helping somebody else. Right. Yeah. And. And that was that was probably not the mentality when I was out like trying to say do sales pitches for houses and estimates and stuff. But it's like it could be framed totally the opposite way. Like, hey, the paint is falling off your house, sir. Um, my me and my crew would love to come and fix that for you. It, it's kind of like it, positioning it as a, as a helpful service rather than hey, I'm gonna mm. you know cram some unnecessary product down somebody's throat. Yeah, you know, I would absolutely agree with that. And I think that the best, th those who would, who I would consider, or you would consider extremely gifted at selling, probably don't perceive what they do as selling at all. And and it's, and, and just to your point, it's, you know, how can I solve this problem? Or how, how can I be of service to this person? These are the resources I have. This is the company. These are the products I'm associated with. You know, what good can I do? You know, I think having that mindset and, and, you know, I'd love to get your input on this. Having that mindset, I think, alleviates a lot of the concern because, again, we have to make things happen if we're going to be doing something on the side, you know, what whatever kind of side business it is. But if we can, you know, shift our mindset and and get to the point where we never think of what we're doing as selling, I think it becomes a lot easier. Would you agree? I agree with that, and and as someone who's been in sales, like it, it can be a little bit tough to turn off that, um, turn off that switch, you know. From hey, I've got to meet my quota, I've got to hit my numbers, or else I'm not going to eat or whatever. But but you're right. I think you're going to be much more effective if you can frame it as um, I'm here to help somebody. And so now, again, Nick, with your experience, you get to talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people that that have something going on the side, and it's going pretty well for them. And and I would imagine in of all the people that you've chatted with, you've probably talked with uh, some ladies and some women and moms uh, who have been able to be uh, successful in their own right. What are some examples of some great mom businesses that you've come across in your time? I definitely have had the chance to chat with a few and some of the more 
you know, more popular or well-known ones are like, you know, this is the stuff you can do from home, the freelancing, the, you know, I'm going to work on Elance and Odesk. And even though those kind of get a bad rap as being a race to the bottom, I do think there's some merit to this freelance story. And if you can get yeah. your start on that platform, Nick, or Nick, if you can build for, your own platform. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say for, for uh, terms like Elance and Odesk, just go ahead and explain what those are. My my audience is uh, not necessarily, uh, you know, the, you know, the hardcore business owner, entrepreneur crowd, but they're an audience, that, you know, we're definitely interested in finding ways to earn more money. And so a lot of these terms might be a little foreign to us. I'd love for sure. you to explain exactly what those are, if you could. Sure. So uh, these are big freelance marketplaces. They're, you know, the majority of the people are in the U.S., but there's going to be a lot of competition from overseas as well. Um, India, Philippines, Europe, everywhere. Um, and so, and so for that reason, you know, for any job that you post there, as somebody who's posted a lot of jobs there, you're going to get bids back that are ridiculously low. Somebody, you know, basically volunteering to work for $3 an hour, $4 an hour. And it can be tough for somebody to compete with that. And so this is, this is, you know, going back to the salesmanship, this is where the little bit of salesmanship comes in because you're not going to compete on price, right? You're going to have to compete on something else. Um, you know, whether that's value, whether that's experience, uh, whatever it is that you bring to the table that this person for $3 an hour isn't, isn't going to cut it. You know, and because I think it's interesting, can you kind of explain from your perspective, the difference between price and value? Well, price is what you pay and value is what you get, right? <laughs> Kind of a simple question, but uh, so is there, uh, you know, and again, on things like Elance and Odesk, what would be some examples of services that someone could provide? And again, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the audience of the the stay-at-home mom. Are, are there services that they can provide on, on marketplaces like this? Sure, sure. So just from a personal experience, so I've hired out um, kind of virtual assistant administrative work. Um, I've taught people how to do um, you know, online advertising for me, kind of database maintenance stuff, blog articles. I've had infographics. I've had some proofreading done. Um, you know, if you have a background in, in finance or something, you could do bookkeeping work, accounting work. You know, there's basically any job imaginable that can be done remotely can be done, you know, through these platforms. Mm. And it's a fantastic way to reach, you know, if you're just at home with your computer, like automatically you're plugged into a worldwide audience of potential uh, clients. Cool. So again, those websites, and I'll have those linked up in the show notes, but again, those are Elance and Odesk. And Elance is, a, I've used that platform for years and years and years, and uh, particularly for maybe very specialized programming that I needed to have done. And it was very, very helpful. But, um, you know, again, there have been times when I've hired internationally, and there have been times when I've hired domestically. And, uh, you know, hiring domestic, you know, for certain jobs, um, I've had just F really great success. For example, copywriting. Um, that's one where, you know, I hire my neighbors. I hire people <laughs> that I know. I hire people. I hire, uh, you know, people in uh, who use our, our website, Savings Angel. Um, data is kind of the same way for what we do. There's just, I think, certain jobs that uh, if you are in the United States, I think that there are some ways that you can kind of position yourself against uh, a competition, you know, competition from outside the United States that might be cheaper. And so I think there's some things you can kind of um, use in, in selling those skills. 
And uh, I'll link up to, I'll, I'll shoot you over a couple really great episodes, one from uh, one from my show and one from another friend's show on um, on getting started on these platforms. I thought it was really well, really well done. And he goes, um, he makes a point that, oh, well, my guest makes the point that, you know, your portfolio there, as, as you're just starting out, you've got to make it look like you're much bigger than, than just Elance. Like this is mm-hmm. a tiny piece mm-hmm. of your overall business, of your overall portfolio. Um, you know, even if it's, even if it's not, you've got to make it appear that you're, you know, you're a bigger entity and, you know, Hey, I've been doing this for years. Here's some client work and all this jazz. So uh, I thought those were pretty good. You know, I think it's really interesting too. this concept. I think some people, um, formalize or their idea of starting their own business is that they need to file articles of incorporation. They need to form a board. They need to have, you know, just all of this red tape that they're going to have to do before they can be quote unquote a business person uh, or right. start their own business and is what you're saying is that's not the case right yeah i mean there's in the long term maybe it makes sense to have that stuff set up but i wouldn't let that be a barrier to entry because more often than not it's just an excuse to to keep you from getting started you can start off as a sole proprietor and maybe you pay you know a percentage or two more in taxes but the the earnings are so small that it doesn't even doesn't really matter you're probably not doing work that's liable to get you sued so you don't need the you know llc protections anyways so um i would say skip that stuff until you've got some traction yeah you know get go out and get some experience but i i I agree with you i think there uh, are a lot of people that can kind of get this paralysis of analysis where they're just overthinking this and thinking that they need to create something when in fact you know just start doing it <laughs> you know just find opportunities even if you can't uh you know oh here let me ask you this let me be before i j- kind of try and volunteer it myself um sure. if you've never charged money let's say that you'd like to do commercial photography you'd like to approach businesses uh, you know you enjoy photography but you realize that there are only so many weddings going on and there's way too much competition in wedding photography uh but maybe you'd like to offer photography services to companies but yet you've never had a customer how do you go from never having a customer to getting your first one that's a great that's a great question my wife's uh, side hustle is as a wedding photographer actually um but for the uh, on the commercial side on the commercial side what i would probably do is i mean you, if you've got all the equipment you've already made that investment already you know you're going to probably go out and offer your services for free or for a very low price to build that portfolio. And that's exactly what my wife and her partner did um, last year. They you know, put an ad on Craigslist for like $500 wedding sort of like package, ridiculously cheap. And but people were taking a risk because they had no portfolio. Like, hey, you've literally mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. shot a wedding before. Like, okay, I'm, you know, risk and reward, I guess. Um, but the pictures turned out good. And so they've, you know, significantly increased the price for this season. And so I think you can run the same same kind of strategy on the on the commercial side of things. Like, hey, get a few shoots under your belt, and and then you can start um, charging more, in, inching your way towards the market rates. Yeah. So, for a business like a photographer, uh, how important is it to have a website or have a web presence? And if you don't know how to build web pages, how can you build an online presence? Well, you know, for a business like that, in, in Portfolio sells, right? And especially for something that's such a visual medium, I think you've got to have something to uh, to show people. So I'm a big fan of WordPress, which I understand can still be a little bit 
uh, a little bit technical for people. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm kind of self-taught and, and have been blogging for several years and have kind of been able to tweak my way around there. It's not like I'm not a programmer. I don't know how to code or anything, but I still find it relatively easy to go through there. Now, there's some other website builders that are uh, that are easier to work with. They're more graphically designed. Like I'm going to drag this over here. One of them is called Wix, W-I-X. Another one's called Weebly, W-E-E-B-L-E-Y. And I think even Squarespace is, um, you know, they're, they're blowing up. They had the commercial during the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're going big time. Good. Now, again, what I'd really love to do is share some ideas. And, and I think the easiest thing, I would think, would kind of be to do an inventory and ask someone what they love to do. But if someone's kind of looking at themselves in the mirror and they're like, I don't know, I, I, I just don't know. I know I want to start something, but they, they're just having trouble coming up with that idea. What advice would you give them? Well, start, you know, I like, I like the idea of taking inventory of what are you interested in, you know, kind of, you know, what are you passionate about? It's probably overplayed because it's like, I don't, I don't really know what I'm <laughs> passionate about. Like, that seems very, like, this has got to be my driving force in life. Um, but it's something you, something you're interested in and give the example of, you know, maybe you are a, a cyclist or you like bike riding or something. And so there's, this is a whole economy around biking and, you know, there's, you know, just, uh, you know, what, what trails to go on. Uh, you know, all of the accessories for your actual biking outfits, the helmets, the water bottles, the gear, all that jazz. Um, I don't know what else, like, you know, improve your training, you know, how to, how to improve your average speed, how to climb hills faster. It, like you think about all of the supporting things for that. Like, for example, I grew up loving baseball, but I was not blessed with the, the God given talents to ever be a professional <laughs> baseball player. But it's like, you know, what could I do around the, uh, you know, around the baseball market? Maybe I could interview baseball, but could I join the, you know, I don't know, media? Could I make some accessories for school age kids? Could I run some program for, I don't know, the high school? I don't know. If someone really wants to earn extra money, but they just don't have any time, uh, have you come across any people explaining their story of something that they started and they're like, I only spend like an hour or two a week and I have this revenue that's coming in as a result of that. Can you think of any examples of businesses that you've heard of that someone can do if they have absolutely no time? Well, this is a fascinating one because it's always a trade-off, right? You can right. you can go you can go the freelancing route and you, where you're essentially trading hours for dollars, and that's going to ramp you up quickly. Like you're you'll see, I mean, it's one to one. You'll see the return right away. Or you can invest some time up front and trying to build you know the elusive passive income business. Mm -hmm. And it, it's it's true these these businesses do exist. You know, maybe I've got a, a niche site that I only have to work on. You know, I've got the the go-to website about you know how to replace your bicycle tube and that links to amazon with all of the you know replacement parts or something and maybe that doesn't require any maintenance and so on an ongoing basis you know sure it's totally passive you spend an hour a week moderating the comments or checking whatever it, it, but the problem is you, you probably spent months earning zero dollars building hmm. that thing up and trying to get it to the top of google now yeah, for sure H have you in your interviews have you come across anyone who they're explaining their business and you know and again you've, you've talked to a lot of people a lot of people who started side uh, you know side businesses what's what's one memorable interview that you've had where you've talked to someone and they explain or alluded to how much money they've been able to make and you kind of almost fell back in your chair have you had any of those 
Definitely, Josh. So I've been, uh, I've been, you know, excited to talk to these people, especially with the recurring revenue model businesses. I'm just in love with these things because it's, it's somewhat predictable and, you know, it just can grow month after month. Um, one example is a, a membership website type of setup where you could charge people, you know, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month to have, you know, access to, you know, maybe it's a, a members forum or, you know, exclusive training videos or whatever you're putting up behind that paywall. And a friend of mine, the example is she runs a strength and conditioning membership site for ultimate mm. Frisbee players. And it doesn't get any more <laughs> niche than that. Yeah. So I really like that example. And uh, another one kind of in a more business to business space is a friend of mine who's running uh, an SEO service company called uh, called WP Amplify. And he's now niched this down a little bit further to focus only on manufacturing companies who are running WordPress mm. websites. But again, like if you're if you're the manufacturing company running a WordPress website, he's the go-to guy, and so you're able there. He's able yeah. to command the you know the four hundred five hundred dollars a month recurring, um, you know recurring service fee for for his uh, SEO service. Uh, and Nick, how important do you think it is uh, that if you're going to start something on the side that you should get really specific in what you do or is it okay to just be a generalist? Like you could just say, I'm an internet developer or, or should you try and find or hone in on a particular audience or industry? I really like the idea for people starting out to have a very well-defined um, target market that they want to serve. And so maybe that's, um, you know, moms with shih tzu puppies and they want to know how to make them stop parking. I don't know. But, you know, because you can always ramp up from there, right? But it's like, you know, I think that's going to make the first few sales, getting the first few customers a little bit easier when when they can say, oh, this person is speaking directly to me rather than just trying to be everything to everyone. And do you think that if someone's starting a business on the side, they might end up spreading themselves too thin? I mean, how can someone kind of keep themselves from that? Or, you know, and I guess the fear that I'm thinking of, and I, I remember this advice that someone gave me, and, and again, I haven't put much, obviously, I haven't put much credence in it, but, you know, you should, instead of trying to, you know, have a full-time job and then something on the side and then some other responsibilities, you should really just kind of focus on that one job and do that one job really, really well. Well, I obviously I'm a little bit biased, but there's a little there's there's risk in that, you know, because you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Like if you're if your job gets eliminated in in the UK, this is my favorite phrase. Like, oh, I was made redundant, and then you know obviously they mm -hmm. have got some better, um, you know, uh, you know, safety net <laughs> safeguards in place to to help people out when they become redundant. Um, but here, you know, in the US, like that's that's a very real fear, and I think the recession taught us that hey, no job, mm -hmm. there is no such thing as job security, and so that's kind of why I, I like to be a proponent for the side hustle to, to make people have, try and build a little bit more financial freedom, financial security into their lives by, by building up a little bit, a little bit of a business uh, on the side or another income stream on the side. Mm. And do you think that this is a great age uh, to start something on the side? And, and, and if so, what do you think has, is contributing to that? Well, it really is because, you know, all of the stuff, um, you know, online, even 15 years ago, 20 years ago, really wouldn't have been possible. It's opened up, you know, probably millions of new business opportunities. Very, very cool stuff. Um, to go back to your previous thing about spreading yourself too thin, that's always, um, that's always a risk. If, you know, if your side hustle is something you don't particularly care for, that's probably not the best. Like if you're, um, if, if you're an accountant by day and you hate accounting, I probably wouldn't recommend, you know, starting a, a <laughs> you know, taking side accounting jobs. 
uh, after after hours, it's got to be something that you look forward to. Otherwise, um, you're going to get burned out. Um, but going to some of the 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 question about like in this day and age, I, I'll just think of the example of kind of you know quote unquote the sharing economy, right? The stuff like Airbnb that's come up, the you know all of the ride sharing services. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine has made like five thousand dollars just driving for Uber X like in the past six months. It's wow. absolutely nuts. And I don't know what his hourly rate calculates out to, but he's like, hey, I just go out, you know, during during some free time or during the evenings. And hey, you know, this is fantastic. That's amazing. So uh, so I mean, really, the potential is to, of, of earning, I think, because of some of the tools that we have today, some of the platforms we have. I mean, the, the potential to earn is probably much better than it's ever been. Would you agree? I agree. I'm excited for it. And um so as far as, you know, home-based businesses, I know that they're, I think if you asked somebody about starting their own business from home, maybe 10 years ago, you would have gotten a lot of people thinking, oh, does that mean like I'm going to start some direct sales or network marketing business? And and it's interesting. I think that because of the internet and technology and some of these platforms, it's really allowed normal everyday people to start any kind of business rather than wait for just some system to come along and say, well, you should sell our products. Right. And there's definitely plenty of, you know, MLM stuff that goes on and and there's some very legitimate companies and some some friends of mine have done really well with that stuff but to to start with a you know a business we talked about you know what are you what are you passionate about and all that stuff i i would i would say instead of that what are you skilled at and you know we think back to think back to your resume on every job you've had by definition if somebody is if somebody paid you to do that like you know that was a skill worth paying for right um, so I would think, you know, which ones you, which jobs you liked, which skills that you kind of enjoy doing on a daily basis. And so I would put that like in box, in box number one, you know, in box number mm-hmm. two could be, you know, what are you excited about outside of work, you know, your hobbies and activities and stuff like that. And then box number three, maybe it's what problems or issues have you dealt with and have you overcome in your own life? Because if you've had that issue, odds are there are other people facing the same challenges. And so you might be able to help those, um, those people overcome those and where kind of where those three boxes or maybe we should made them circles where those three circles oversect or <laughs> intersect. I think that's where your, your business opportunity probably lies. Yeah, sure. And so Nick, what would happen if someone, you know, started working on the side and they crashed and burned, you know, obviously I think if you're just working as more of an independent contractor and you're just marketing out your services, I think your risk is pretty minimal because you're just, you're really just looking at offering your services unless you know, the the job that you were looking at doing required some sort of large investment. But, you know, I, I think that there are, what you're saying is that there's a lot of opportunities that you can kind of get started with. And you don't really have to worry so much about losing your shirt unless it's, again, it's a very specific type of business that requires some significant investment. Right. You don't have to have a huge startup cost. And, and we gave the example of the, you know, the commercial photographer. Obviously, they're going to have an investment in the equipment and stuff like that. 
Well, Nick, uh, I want to thank you for for the time that that you spent with my audience, and and hopefully that there's there's someone who's listening and they're looking at their budget and they're being sensible with their money, and, and they've kind of got that side of it locked down, and so now they're kind of looking for that opportunity. Maybe they're not getting the raises at work that they'd like to, and they've been toying with the idea of starting something on the side, you know, and and generating some extra income. And I think that you've shared some great, not just ideas, but, uh, you know, just kind of clearing away, I think, a lot of the confusion or the fear or the noise that can be associated with this idea of what starting a side business is. And and I think you've illustrated perfectly, Nick, uh, you know, how it's actually very Simple, very easy, and and anyone can get started. And so for those who want to continue to be inspired by your work, Nick, can you kind of share where folks can find you and, and, and how they can learn more from you? Sure. Come uh, come check me out. I'm at SideHustleNation.com. Uh, each week on the podcast is uh, another Side Hustle business idea and an opportunity with a great guest. So come, uh, come stop by over there. That sounds great. Nick, thank you so much for your time, sir. Hey, you bet. Anytime. So I hope you enjoyed this interview with Nick Loper with SideHustleNation.com. I I really want to express my appreciation to Nick for spending this time with us. And of course, uh, hopefully that you found uh, value. And and if you're looking for some inspiration on getting out and doing that thing to to help you earn more money on the side, that, that you found that inspiration in this program. Now, next week, I've got the deals. I've got the deals. The deals are coming. I've got lots of great tips and strategies on how you can save and earn more money. Again, next week, just because of the holiday schedule, I'm probably only going to have two episodes next week. So make sure to hit subscribe so that you don't miss those episodes. Uh, and and I've got lots of great things that I'm looking forward to sharing with you. Also, if you enjoyed this program, uh, in addition to subscribing, if you'd be so kind and leave a positive five-star review in iTunes, that really helps me expand this message of abundance to a much larger audience. And again, I'm very grateful for that. So again, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Get out, enjoy some of the free stuff that's going on this weekend. If you'd like to know what activities, if you're looking for something to do with the kids, just go to savingsangel.com and click on the rose colored button that says daily deals and freebies. Cause I have several different things that you can go out and do with the kids free stuff, uh, including uh, gosh, that home Depot deal is just really, really excellent. Uh, you can go and make a, a bug catcher and they're giving all kinds of freebies away, uh, but lots of great deals this weekend. And of course, lots of other great free stuff at savingsangel.com, including our discussion forums, our podcast, uh, lots of news and tips, some great videos that you can enjoy, and just lots of things that will help you and your family live more abundantly. Have a great weekend.